Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. This is Chrissy Jambowski, and I have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Beth Ann. And this is Chrissy. And today we are back for our first fall episode. If you're listening to this in real time, it's fall 2022. Um, and we are actually starting out our first couple of episodes talking about um, topics that seem are almost like micro topics in themselves that have come up in probably, I want to say, all of our episodes mm-hmm. and a lot of times in our parent to parent blog. So today we're going to be talking about mindfulness and we're so excited to have our community partner and friend of CTC, Jan Mishner, here with us today. She is the executive director of Arts Holding Hands and Hearts or AHA. So, Jan, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. So to get started, Jan, can you tell us a little bit about AHA and also a little bit about your background and how you got into this? I would love to. Uh, I founded AHA in 2013, uh, and my background is both in theater. I was a master teaching artist with Philadelphia Young Playwrights and Philadelphia Theater Company, but also I uh, I have a master's degree in education, and I also taught in the Unionville Chadsford School District, as well as being professional actress in New York and Philly. I have a horror film in which I was at axe in the chest and my head shot off that my kids <laughs> loved watching, especially oh in, in college. You know, it was in all the dorms on Halloween, but. Uh, oh. And, but it's I had run a program in Philadelphia and started a program called Hands Across the Ages, bringing teenagers and senior citizens together to pick an issue that's important to create a theater piece around it and then um, present it in the community with a di- talk back afterwards to create dialogue. And the last one I did was with the Philadelphia Senior Center and Philadelphia Charter School of Creative Communications. And their piece was about bullying in schools and about we need more arts education, not Mm. more guards with guns. Mm. And this was done in 2012 before Sandy Hook, and their piece was called I Am Living. And right after the talk back, young and old shared how they had either been a bully in school Mm. or been bullied and how they were um, going to become advocates to stop the bullying. Well, right after that, they took away the funding for arts and educations where in the inner city schools where I was teaching. And I said, if you do not believe children in poverty deserve an arts education and you're just going to funnel them into the prisons, then that's where we need to go. And the directors of education where I was teaching said, well, we don't do that. And I said, well, I guess I'll have to start my own organization. And that's how AHA was born because I also had been trained uh, yoga teacher training, but I knew I didn't want to just teach in the spas or the Ys, but I wanted to teach with youth that were marginalized and youth that uh, had were experiencing trauma. So I had done, um, prison behind bars, yoga training, uh, conflict resolution, resolution using uh, yoga and mindfulness through the yoga gangster training. Uh, it's, it's, you know, different um, training about how do you use the philosophy behind uh, yoga and mindfulness to reduce stress to self-regulate and come back to your body because when you've been under trauma, you, you're you all over the, the place, mm. you know, and how to create that safe and brave space where you can share your authentic voice and feel safe enough to just be. Mm. And so that and my, I quit working in Philadelphia, came home, told my husband he almost, 
you know, lost it. And, <laughs> and then I, I taught at the time, 6, 6 a.m. good morning yoga. And I went, um, I meditated in journal and I was like, okay, universe, what am I going to do now? And literally the words, aha, came across the page. And I'm like, aha, what's that? And literally, it's almost like, you know, being, um, you know, channeled arts, holding hands and hearts. And I was like, oh, well, that's my new organization. I went and taught 6 a.m. yoga. And there were some new people. And afterwards, I said, so can anyone get me into the prison system? And one of the women said, well, I'm a parole officer. You know about the Chester County Youth Center around the corner. Um, with Carrie Avery and Joe Frankenstein. Yeah, that's so and, true. Yeah. And I went and met with them, and I said, could I start with a six-weeks um, trauma-sensitive yoga program? And they said, and this was back before yoga and mindfulness mm. were buzzwords. Yeah, right. And they were like, I don't know how it's going to go. And I said, I don't know how it's going to go either. <laughs> I go, I've done the training, but I haven't done that hands-on with the, the implementation, you know, the, the residents I want to work with. And after six weeks, there was less restraints. But more importantly, not only were the youth calmer, but also the staff, you know, the guards, the other people that were present during the, the sessions yeah. also were experiencing um, more compassion mm. and and it was shifting how everyone was responding and you know so we continued but I said my background is in playwriting writing and using writing for healing and I said that yoga mindfulness is about the self-regulation calming down and the self while the arts is about connections and about when we can write and share, we can also take our experiences and put it in new perspectives. But also by sharing, we find out we're not alone in our experiences, both our pain, our suffering, but also our joy. And that's what also develops community. And it also is what cultivates compassion and empathy of being able to see each other and walk in each other's shoes. And they were like, wow, I don't know about that. Because I also said I need to bring in teaching artists from Philadelphia that I had trained. And my yoga instructors would do it for free because it's part of our SIVA, giving it away and being a service. But I said for teaching artists, I need to pay them, especially if I'm bringing them from Philly. So I went went and, you know, Carrie said, well, you need to write write a six-week lesson plan and submit it to uh, Dr. Eileen Weaver at the CCIU. Right. Getting Title I. She's wonderful, yes. And I was like, well, I can do that. I've been a teacher. You know, I have a master's in education. And I I wrote up a six-week lesson plan presented it to to dr weaver who i love with all my heart she's yes. amazing she is amazing mm-hmm. and and just like now as i went bleh, 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 and, and uh-huh. eileen said stop jan you had me at hello yes we're gonna <laughs> oh, great. and not only that we've been running programs at, at the chester county youth center which houses a shelter for homeless and abused girls, Mm -hmm. a detention center for boys and girls, 10 to 18 years Mm. old. From the very beginning, um, 2023 will be our 10-year anniversary. Wow. And not only that, we've won numerous national awards for our writing programs. We have our third book that was just released, Justice Restored, 3.0 writings and poetry of youth that are incarcerated that was illustrated by the Chester County Futures after school students in Coatesville, Kennett and Oxford. And the um, 50 pieces that were chosen to be in it were chosen by the Westchester University's uh, economics honors class who look at the intersection of poverty and mass incarceration. So I call it, it's the trilogy of of the voices of youth coming together that have impact of saying, stop, listen to me, see my voice, see what I have, and 
stop looking at behavior, but look at what happened in my home, in my community, in my school that allowed this to happen. How can Mm -hmm. we make change and cultivate a more compassionate, kind community where every child, no matter their Mm -hmm. class, their race, can thrive? I don't want them to survive. I want them to thrive beyond surviving. So yeah, I did it. I did it. Yeah. Like amazing. Yeah. First of all, congratulations. Congratulations <laughs> on the anniversary coming up on Little. the work on the fact that you, you know, took this, this risk, this chance, like stepped out there and went somewhere that, you know, like you said, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm not really sure. However, <clears throat> new to trust enough that this work of the arts and yoga and mindfulness was very valuable, as you said, um, you know, for, for youth. Well, actually for, for anyone. And certainly the words that you just shared couldn't be more true today and more of a need in what you're, we're talking about right now than where we are in our, you know, in our world and our community and our, you know, neighborhoods and schools. So I just say, thank you. And thank you for sharing all this today. And you made a comment and I was kind of leads into our next question. Um, And that is you were starting this work before, not just yoga, but mindfulness sort of became this buzzword. And you were doing this work before it was this thing, which is now this thing that went, it imploded. Yes. Right. Um, I can remember being on a panel with you years ago with Don at, you know, at the university and uh, talking about, you know, all of this work. Um, And it was right on the cusp of everyone kind of looking at mindfulness, perhaps as sort of this magic thing that was going to fix and heal lots of problems right? Lots of issues. Um, We know there's a research, we know there's scientific research behind it. We know that it's been used in multiple settings, but we also know that lots of folks jumped in and everything was mindful, mindful, be mindful, mindfulness. So we're going to come to you as our mindfulness um, expert sensei today. You're you're the Chester County hero of mindfulness, I would say. Yes, (laughs) Yes. To, to just sort of give us kind of the operational definition of mindfulness, uh, you know, what is it, maybe what it isn't, uh, to just kind of help set the framework for what we'd like our listeners to know about mindfulness and then how to incorporate it into their their lives and the lives of their family. Uh, well, thank you, Beth, then. And exactly that. It's, it is a word that now is thrown around like popcorn. And, and it's like, and it's funny, it's when you stop and say, so what is mindfulness? People are, uh, you know, uh, being mindful. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. Pay attention. I don't know, whatever. Right. It, it's, and I loved using the da- definition that John Kabat-Zinn, uh, who is like the father of mindfulness, came up with many years ago when he was starting it. And it's simply paying attention on purpose without judgment but with kindness and curiosity so it's paying attention to what are your thoughts right now what am i thinking right now you know we and then think, paying attention to what are my emotions how am i feeling right now cuz we all have thoughts but we are not our thoughts but we all have emotions and all emotions are okay. I, when I was growing up, I was taught, oh, girls can't be angry. Girls, you know, you, you can't do this. Oh, just cheer up. You know, it's, you know, put a smile on. Don't let mm-hmm. anyone see what you're really feeling. No, that's, that's what happens and cause pain and suffering is to try to be and feel something you're not, but allowing yourself to have your thought. Bring awareness. What am I feeling right now? What emotions do I feel right now? And where do I feel it in my body? Because our body tells the truth. And understanding our body. Oh, right now I'm feeling anxiety and I'm breathing very fast or I feel tight or I'm angry. My, my jaw is clutched. My fists are making fists. Can I now bring awareness to my breath? Because when we're upset, we're breathing very shallow. Mm -hmm. 
Can I allow my breath to help calm my body and calm my mind? Can I maybe even hold one hand on my belly and one hand on my heart? And as I breathe, can I soften and let my belly rise, let my heart expand? And as I breathe out, let it soften and let it go and let myself just be here right now. And if, if you can allow yourself to have that emotion but not react to it, mm. it takes 90 seconds for a, an emotion to ride its cycle if you allow yourself to sit with it, to be with it, to notice it. But when you try to say, no, stop it, you know, it's like going through a tunnel when you stop it halfway. Then it could stay with you all day, all week. Some people are still upset about the doctor smacking them to get them to breathe when they were born. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, right. they carry it forever. Ever. Yeah. You know, but allow yourself to be here fully and with kindness. I say we don't need people to talk bad about us. We do such a good job about it, you know, with what we say to ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and how to start changing our, our voice, our mindset of being negative, putting ourselves down and being kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. because what we do to ourselves is what we do to others. So is it kind? Oh, sorry, Bethann. No, that's okay. No, I was just, I, yeah. Cause I know your next, your next well, question. Christine, well, I was just is- going to say, it's interesting. So Jan, is it like, cause I know we're going to talk later on about skills of like how to do this as a person, like living your life day to day. And is, is that the type of, and I know, and I guess that's what we'll talk about is skills on how to build this, but like having it, it's, is it just be like, when we say being mindful, it's, it's really trying to kind of incorporate this like slower pace or more acknowledgement kind of as you move through the day. Is that the goal? Yeah. Well, like we think, oh, slow down, be, you know, but, but it's what it is. It's about being more aware. Cause I have a lot it's of emotions about, going all the time. My mind moves real fast. So. <laughs> I, I know it's like all of that chatter. Yeah. And it's also, uh, I grew up in the generation where you multitask. Correct. Because as a woman too, uh, yeah. you not only had to do it better, you had to do it faster. And again, you couldn't show any weakness, yeah. you know? And so it was always constantly rushing, rushing. Uh, Before COVID, I I always like to say it was by the grace of God, I got to wherever I was going because I would buckle up, um, you know, my seatbelt and then get behind the car and, you know, a yellow light meant press the gas, get there faster. (laughs) And I get to where I was going and I would totally not even remember getting there. You know, it was like. I was so busy thinking about the appointment, what I was going to say, what I was going to do, you know, and also about whatever had just happened at the house before I got in the car to get there, what I needed to do after I got home. So I was never, ever really present. Mm -hmm. I was busy. Mm -hmm. I was so busy and I was doing a lot and I was accomplishing a lot. And I was also miserable. I had so much anxiety and worrying that I still wasn't doing enough and I wasn't enough. Well, you know? And 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 so what uh I I have to say the pandemic was a blessing in that it made me stop and it made me I had been doing a, a meditation practice for a good 15 years. But it was about now taking what I do on the mat, on my cushion, into my world. Mm-hmm. And, and it's about also about bringing that presence to all of my situations and with my family. And to do it with that kindness. Mm-hmm. And with, with also the people I work with, the teachers I train. 
and doing it with the mindfulness of trusting more, trusting both myself, but trusting them as well. And, and letting go of being perfect, because there's no such thing as perfect. Look at a flower. Everything in nature is irregular. And everything is always changing. How to mm-hmm. be. It's not, not do. We're human beings. But we're so busy doing, we forget. Right, right. And, and I think, Jan, to and Chrissy's question, and to your point, um, you know, you can have your, your practice, so whether it's, it's whether it's yoga, whether it's what Chrissy's talking about with her mindfulness app when she takes time in the afternoon or whatever we do. But how does it transfer? Because you can do it in the moment. You could do it in your 10, 15, 20 minute time. But I've always felt that the secret, I don't know, or the magic next step was, can I do this all the time? Because that's the idea, right? Is that it helps me in the moment, whether I, you know, calm down, get more centered, more focused. But, but am I able to actually do this and communicate it with my kids or my colleagues or family or wherever I, I am? Or is it only good for the 15 minutes? <laughs> That's it. You know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, what it is is why it's good to practice. And by practice, it's, my, it's what works for you. Is it sitting quietly in the morning when you get up on, uh, you know, in a room by yourself and just breathing and, and calming and allowing yourself to be still? Or is it, are you someone that goes, you know, you know, my practice changes too with the seasons right now is so beautiful. I go outside and on my deck first in the morning, very early. And I say, good morning world. And, you know, and, and then I, 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 I practice with my eyes open. I look, I hmm. see the flowers. I see the bees, the birds, the hummingbirds, and my little chipmunks. And, and I just bring awareness and just sit with it. And I smell. I use my senses. And I feel. I feel the air around me. I allow my senses mm-hmm. to be, bring me in this moment. And finding peace and calm without having, don't get up, go get the coffee, net, you know, don't, do, don't do all of this. Just take however many minutes. And I try to do minimum of five they say 12 is optimum and sometimes i get so carried away and it's so wonderful and pleasant i'm there for 30 to 45 minutes but but it's it's about giving yourself chunks that you can do right now and that you know starting with that five minutes seeing if then maybe it goes to 12 but something can come up. My little five-year-old that lives, grandson that lives with us will wake up and come outside and go, Grandma, I need a, a hug and cuddle. That can be my meditation right then. Yeah. You know, instead of beating yourself up and go, oh, I only got five minutes and go away, kiddo. I got to come <laughs> back in a minute, you know? Yes. But, but right. being able to, as you said, too, take the calmness you have and bring it in then to your family situation. And it's also then knowing we are humans and knowing when we get caught up is when we're under high stress, Mm -hmm. our thoughts get hijacked, our emotions get hijacked, and we, you know, and, and we lose it. Right. But by having a practice... You become aware when you've lost it, and it's easier to pull back and go, oh, yes, look at that. I did that. Now let me take a breath. Let me be kinder to myself. And then even where I've lost it, maybe to my kids or my grandkids, say, oh, your grandmommy is under stress. I need to take a breath. Will you take a breath with me? And this is, I practice this with my five-year-old now. And instead of attuning when he's going spiraling is how to sit and go, do you need a hug? Do you need something to eat? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Yeah, sure. And, And yeah, 
you know, let's be, just sit with whatever is going on and how to sit and give space so that I can remain calm so that he can start attuning to that instead of me attuning to his explanation. Right, right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking of, you know, the benefits of being mindful, how does that, so, and we're going to talk about how to get to this place, but if we're able to be more mindful as we move through daily life and be more present and feel our feelings and those types of things, what are the benefits? What does that look like? How does that, change what what changes does that cause i guess um well one it's it's more self-regulation is that you're more aware oh yeah i'm having these thoughts oh yeah i'm my emotions are are kind of carrying me away and then it's like oh wait i need to have my purposeful pause Mm. let me take five and just stop And by stop is I even go, S, just stop what I'm doing. T, take three slow breaths. O, observe what is happening inside. Oh, my stomach is doing flip-flops. Oh, I'm I'm nodding my jaw. Oh, I feel like I want to cry. Oh, observe what's happening around me. Oh, I saw someone that I thought that they were making a mad face at me and disapproving of what I'm doing, and it hurt. Oh, it's okay. Oh, observe inside and outside. And then P, now how can I proceed in a way that will cause me less pain and maybe less pain around those around me? Maybe it's to say something. Maybe it's just to walk away now. So stop. Take a breath. Observe what's happening on the outside and inside. And then proceed with more presence and purpose. And it's, it's about taking that purposeful pause to say, oh, yeah, this is happening. I'm feeling this. Now, what do I want to do with it? And it doesn't mean that I still don't sometimes go into my closet and cry because this past year was so stressful with my husband going through cancer and being so scared that he was going to die. I mean, literally three times nurses and social workers said we should probably think of going from palliative to hospice. And where I was like, you know, he can't give up. I need him right now. And, and, but also then how to find the peace of whatever happens, I can handle this Mm -hmm. and that whatever is will be and how to have the courage to keep going. And it was my mindfulness practice that gave me the strength to do that, you know, and it's about just, again, constantly being there, being present for what was happening, and then practicing the meta meditation, the loving kindness meditation, and always starting with myself of, may I know that I am not alone in my pain and suffering. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. And may I live with peace and at ease. And may my heart remain open. And then doing it for my husband, doing it for my children, my grandchildren, for the doctors, the nurses, everyone that I came in contact to. It's that is what sustained me with mm. this loving kindness meditation. And, and it gave me strength and knew that we were all together creating this this healing energy together but also that all of our hearts remain open to whatever happens that we could handle it together Mm. and it was about cultivating that mutual aid community of care knowing that what i'm saying and about the Mm self-care and meditation and exercise which is so important and eating healthy and getting the right sleep 
We need to have partners, buddies, that we can't do this ourselves. It takes us working Mm. together, supporting each other, and finding that buddy Mm -hmm. that you can listen to, talk to, and say, how are you doing? What do you need? Mm -hmm. How can I help? And then also being open when people say it to you. Yeah, right. Because so often we were like, oh, no, I'm fine. I can do it. You know, Mm -hmm. but no, sometimes we're not fine. What this this journey of, you know, living with someone that I love very much who was very, very ill was it reinforced that we are meant to be connected to others and that we all need support. And, mm-hmm. and how to create and cultivate the mutual aid communities of care. Mm, that is perfect. Jan, thanks for sharing that because I think that your personal journey and this experience from the past year, many folks can identify exactly with what you experienced, what your family experienced, but then also to recognize that uh, these that this is what happens. It happens in all families, right? Uh, different degrees, different experiences, tragedies, traumas, illness, um, just life circumstances. But that everything that you've shared really does speak to how this mindfulness and sort of these loving and caring and kindness and words that you give to yourself and others works or is extremely helpful in all situations. And and really, wow, do I wish we had had more time and availability of this in schools mm-hmm. and in other settings. But sadly, we seem to not have, as Christy always likes to say, the time and space to perhaps do the right thing, because these are things that take time. It's not a quick fix. It's not just something you can quickly just talk about, teach about, and move on. And, but to, the value of it is so significant and so powerful And yet we don't seem to give enough time and energy to what could help teachers and support staff and parents and kids and pay off the payoff in the end to keep, you know, many of the problems that we see as, as kids go elementary, middle school, high school, young adulthood, all of the challenges, all their experiences, they don't have what you just described, the community, the skills, the practice to deal with all those things. So then the terrible self-coping things of drugs and alcohol and all the other things become the quick fix because we don't put the time in on these. And it, it gets so tiring to feel that you, we constantly have to explain the value of mindfulness, of this work, of the arts. Um, I don't know. That's just my thing. And then you just beautifully described how it's so powerful and helpful, but we dismiss it or minimize it or it's woo-woo or oh, we don't have time for that. Or, well, if we did, we would probably not be having so many of these conversations we're having on the back end mm-hmm. about what do we do and wringing our hands and all of that. So that's kind of my little venting yeah. session <laughs> of my frustration <laughs> after 40 years in education, raising two children into young, you know, into their adults now that I've watched and I'm just going, oh, Still, still having the same conversation. <laughs> and but then we started, you know, um, three years ago, we we started with the pre-K, and we at the Coatesville Head Start doing uh, Storytime Yoga and a Dance with Me program that Dr. Eleanor Brown from Westchester University's yeah. uh, Early Childhood Cognitions and Emotions Lab. Uh, did a three-year cortisol study measuring the impact of the mindfulness arts program with children in poverty at the pre-K level. And because we felt that this is something that needs to start right at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because we saw that um, kids, especially in Coatesville, they were showing up with kindergarten being expelled from kindergarten with, um, you know, because they were already arriving one um, with behind in the, the language skills of the number of books. And that's why we started the pop-up sure. learning library. And now we do also the greater coastal imagination library, getting books in the hands of every child from birth to age five in, in the one nine three two Oh, you know, zip code, but it's about creating this 
you know, the, 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 the habit of two, of pausing and breathing and noticing, recognizing your emotions, little kids starting and asking them, how are you feeling? Can you, and I do this with my Mm -hmm. five-year-old grandson. Let's just breathe a moment. Can let's calm down by breathing and seeing, you know, you know, feel your belly rise and fall, you know, and notice how you're feeling and you can watch them calm down from spiraling out of control. But it's like if schools, we wanted to bring this into the codes full, you know, follow through and bring it into the Coatesville elementary and then the middle school and high school and bring the programs. Why do kids have to wait until they're in the detention center to get the programs that we provide? We Uh want to bring it out into the community to catch kids upstream before they downstream into the system. But if schools would only realize that by starting the morning, with a simple centering, grounding, right, breathing, right. and uh, and starting with the the centering of our circle, and what is going on, you know, as is how are you feeling, and acknowledging that, and then doing it at the end of the day, how are you feeling, right, and giving right. the time, you know, it's a, it's, a instead of a time out place, the time right. I need some time in for myself. You know, instead of being sent to detention, right. being sent to the the room where I can breathe, I can doodle, I can paint, I can calm myself before flying off the handle and reacting. Maybe that child needs something to eat. I noticed with my five-year-old <laughs> where his emotions spiral out is with his low blood sugar if he hasn't eaten. How many kids like come to our schools That's right <laughs> hungry? You know, it's about stopping looking at the behaviors, but look at what happened maybe that night before, that morning before, before that child right. got here. Oh, what yeah. does that child need right now? How can we create safe and brave spaces in our schools? And if we do this, then we create the space where the child can learn And we don't have to spend as much time going over and over because now they are open and receptive to learning Mm -hmm. and they can learn. It really is a skill that's part of a prevention toolkit. Because again, our focus at CTC Mm. is drug and alcohol and mental health prevention and education and really thinking about, and I, and yeah, that's something that I really, something that, and I want to touch on this when we get back after we take a quick break, is how you said each emotion lasts for 90 seconds. I've never heard that before. No. And I want to explore that as you give us all the secrets, Jan, asking for a friend <laughs> with a five and a nine-year-old um, of how to then as a parent do this ourselves and also teach it to our kids at home. So we'll just yeah. take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you're enjoying our podcast, an easy way to support Parent to Parent is by sharing it with a friend. You can send it to them in a text from your phone, or even better, post an episode you liked on social media. Maybe it's this one. Our goal is to increase education and awareness among parents, and as we always say, you don't know what you don't know, and some people may not know we are out there. Any shout-outs and sharing is appreciated. Thanks, and let's get back to our conversation. All right, we're back, and... You know, now that we've talked about, and I think we've kind of touched upon, you know, the benefits of mindfulness and a bit of the, you know, a lot about the importance of it and also how it can make a change from day to day. Um, You know, and I can speak to personally, especially since this past spring, I actually wrote a blog post about at least going to therapy and starting therapy. So I started working with a therapist in the spring for some medical issues and things that I have going on. And a lot of exactly what you said earlier about how you would just go from thing to thing to thing. And it's like you can't be present in the moment because you're thinking of like three steps ahead of the next thing you have to do. So like this topic and and episode also selfishly is very interesting and helpful to me as well, because I identify with a lot of what you're saying. So, you know, I also did start using an app on my phone to do a meditation practice. And I really try to do it every single day if possible. And I only do it for, I, I can't, I wish, and maybe I will be able to do what you do and sit outside and, 
and do it by myself without a person with a nice voice talking to me and telling me like things to envision and a, a point to focus on and those types of things. Um, but I really try to do it every day at like three o'clock because that's when I feel like I need a break. I need a reset just to kind of finish out the day. But, you know, my question is for those that are listening to us, you know, thinking about, wow, that sounds really good moving through the world in a mindful manner. How would you say, you know, we can incorporate these skills? We've talked about meditation, but other ways that we can incorporate this in our into our lives, you know, the meditation practice, but are there other things that we can do for our kids and ourselves? Because I thought it was really interesting back to how you said each emotion is only 90 seconds. And I'm thinking about one of both of my kids, but one specifically is just has a lot of big feelings and they will go and just flip on a dime, like one thing, and will get them riled up to tears so fast. And I just sit there and I and I try to do a lot of the things that you say of just like, okay, take a deep breath. Let's try to calm our bodies. But it's sometimes very hard to get this kid on board with that. So I guess my question is like, what are the things we can do for ourselves and our kids? And also, what do we do if our kids don't want to do the things... <laughs> We want them to do to help them because we're just trying to help them. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's exactly. And I, I can relate totally to what you're saying. Cause as I said, um, my five, my daughter, my five-year-old and my one, well, he's 14 months now, Aww. uh, year old grandson live with us yeah. full time now. And I can see my five-year-old. He's, I mean, he is so full of emotions and, stuff happened and and he can also turn on a dime yeah you know and and explode and then it's like one is how to keep calm Mm -hmm. and not explode with him Mm -hmm. you know and wanting you know letting yourself attune to their emotions but also yourself realizing, oh, I'm ready to lose it because he's losing it, you know, he, 100%. she, uh-huh. and how to take that moment of pause and breathe and just, you know, be there, be still, be present without the emotion of stop this right now, you know, I want you to be the way I want you to be, not the way you are in this moment, mm but being calm yourself. And I always start with feeling my feet on the floor. I wiggle my toes in my shoes. Let me be grounded right now because I'm ready to fly off and lose it. Uh So let me be grounded first. Let me take care of myself first. Be present for him. Mm -hmm. Don't leave. Be neutral, Mm. you know, it's, it's, it's because they see when you're upset, are mm-hmm. you? And, and it's just, you're here. And because normally when they're going off, mm-hmm. something's going on and they need someone to be there. Mm-hmm. They need to feel safe. Yep. You know, and you know, it's, it's create that safe space and it, you know, and it's only a few seconds, you know, 30 seconds. If you can be safe breathing and give choices, do you, do you want a hug? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want a hug. Sometimes don't touch me. Mm -hmm. Are you hungry? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's the blood sugars. If we can, you know, our, you know, if, uh, you know, we get so busy that we forget to eat regularly. Mm -hmm. And, and my grandson will, when he flies off, I realize, oh, look at what time it is. It's one. We forgot to eat lunch at 12, 1230. Mm-hmm. You know, and he probably will say no, no, no. But it's like, you know, pulling, you know, a granola bar out of my pocket and unraveling and, and saying, you want this or a glass of water? Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's just sip a water to, you know, a, of, you know, look at what the physical needs first, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it some food? Is it some comfort? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking them change what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And maybe I even will add, I see you're really upset. Mm-hmm. I see you're angry. Mm-hmm. 
I see you're sad, you know, is with younger kids giving me emotion, labeling the emotion, giving them the words Mm -hmm. for them to say, yes, that is. And he'll say, no, I'm not angry right now. I'm frustrated. Oh, yes, you're frustrated. And then I will take a big breath in. (sighs) And you know what? Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know what, Griffin? Grandma's getting a little frustrated too. I need a breath. Will you take a breath with me? Mm -hmm. You know, and get him to take a breath. And then I will say, you know what? That really helped. I'm feeling a little calmer. And I will watch him. It's teaching him the tools and teaching him the words. Mm -hmm. And as I said, an emotion, if you allow it to be there Mm -hmm. without trying to say, oh, stop being angry, stop being sad, stop being frustrated. But if you can say, yes, I see you're that, and be with it. It's not good or bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. And and let's breathe through it. Let's give it some space to be there. Mm-hmm. And if, have you ever noticed your own emotions? When mm-hmm. you try not to block it, you give it space to be, it'll start to change. And then you can get to what next did it become? Mm -hmm. A lot of anger actually then becomes sometimes sadness. You know, what's underneath that emotion? Mm -hmm. Allow it to be, let it go. And then you can get to calmness Mm -hmm. sometimes or not. Mm -hmm. But it's like we have our thoughts, but we are not our thoughts. Mm -hmm. We have our emotions, but we're not our emotions. We have bodies, but we are not our bodies. We have our desires, but we are not our desires. Mm -hmm. We are our hearts. Mm -hmm. And what is in your heart? And allow that heartfelt expression of well-being become what you share moving forward. Wow. That's really powerful, Jan. Thank you. That makes, I mean, yeah, that's, and I think also, and I can't remember when you, cause you said name it to tame it as far as the feelings go. That's something, yeah. that's something that we're working on. And I know a lot of people, it's something I see a lot too, is just like all feelings are welcome. Name the feelings. Yeah. And also a lot of time kids behavior isn't really about like one of my kids, like she, they will, um, just kind of be difficult or try to control things or be pushing back on things. And then if I kind of talk with them a little bit and say, what is it that's really bothering you? You know, it's never about like fighting to take a shower. It's never about not wanting to take a shower. It's usually we never got to go to this one place today. And I thought we were going to go there. And it's like, it it always, you know, it's never really about, you have to kind of give a little space and, and just kind of, is something else bothering you? And eventually they'll give it up and say, we never did whatever the thing that was really bothering, but it came out as I'm going to be real difficult and put up a fight to go take a shower tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exactly it's survival mode, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's easier to put up the fight or I don't care or mm-hmm. shut down mm-hmm. than to share what's really underneath I you know I I did a writing project is you know underneath my shirt is my skin underneath my skin is my heart underneath my heart is and then it's about we keep covering up what is most important Mm. and what where we feel the most vulnerable and that's where we connect the most Mm. and it's about creating that safety that I can share what is most important. Mm-hmm. Our hope is that as people are listening to this podcast, we can give them one tangible to do, one tangible thing. Cause also we, you shared so much, but you know, it could be overwhelming. It's a lot to take in. So like if you had to give somebody listening to this, once they get done listening to our episode today, one tip, one take action tip or one thing that they could do for themselves with their kids, whatever it is, what would that one thing be? Um, practice, I call it the PPP, <laughs> practice 
purposeful pauses. Hmm. It's it's just uh, you know it's do something and pause, stop, look. What do you see? And we do this with my my grandson all the time. Stop. What do you see right now? Hmm. You know, and it's like we're putting on our blinders to see something. I see this. I see this. I see that. We're all in the same room, but we each see something different. And then we, you know, it's about we all see things through our own perspectives. And when we can stop, oh, I didn't notice that. Thank you for sharing, Mm. you know. And it's, it's about us pause, take a breath. What do you see right now? What do you feel right now? I love that. I'm going to use that when we get done today. I'm going to go use that. (laughs) My own two little chickens. Um, So Jan, can you share with us then where we can find you, where we can learn more about AHA and get more information? Well, our website is www.aha, which is a double H a H dot org stands for arts holding hands and hearts. Yep. So uh, you can go there. Uh, I'm Jan at arts holding hands and hearts.com. I also teach a good morning yoga on zoom Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays at nine o'clock. And it is a free donation based uh, class and all donations, and you can make donations through our website, go to buy books honoring diversity and social emotional learning for children that go into the 50 plus outdoor pop-up lending libraries that we have in Coatesville, Kennet, Oxford, Avondale. And then we're also um, do community events where we give out books, um, both, you know, the books honoring diversity, social, emotional learning, and now our Justice Restored 3.0. I also lead workshop, professional development workshops for schools, teachers, and organizations working with youth uh, impacted by trauma and poverty. And I also do um, workshops for corporations on going from compassion fatigue to compassion satisfaction. Compassion fatigue to compassion satisfaction. I love that. I want to learn more about that. Okay, so I'll get all of the links and things and the information from you and be sure to include that all in the show notes so everyone can find all of that in one place. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And thank you to Jan for coming on and spending time with us. This was a great conversation. I loved it. Um, You will find everything that we talked about today, information and links, all in our show notes. And you can also follow me, Chrissy, on Instagram and Facebook if you want to see more information related to the podcast, resources, and also our parent-to-parent blog. Um, Everything will be also linked up to those as well. So be sure to click subscribe or follow in your podcast app so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. And if you are liking our podcast, please, we would love it if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find us. And even more so, just share it with somebody um, that you think might like it as well. So thanks for being with us today. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks, Jan. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.